you are now listening to Cut the Line, a new show by AL Podcast that explores various beneficial topics such as today's. I'm Fatima and I'm joined by... Hey guys, I'm Ali. Hi guys, I'm Mihna. Before we begin, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to talk about food. I mean, it's food. Who doesn't like food? <laughs> like, I love food so much. Like, you know, if there's one thing that makes everyone happy, I think, I mean, from the pers- the people that I know, is food. It has to be food. Like, everyone loves food. Like, come on, let's be honest. Food's amazing. Yeah, it has become infused into our culture. Like, we can explore other cultures in other ways by, let's say, visiting the place or meeting people from there. But the most important part is, you know, get to enjoy and relish their food. Mm-hmm. Like, we always associate food with culture. Yeah, like, you know, you have to think that most of the family meetings that happen, most of the events that we organize as people are the- based on food. Yeah, true. Yeah. For example, here, like, you guys are the perfect example. Like, you know, Ramadan, like, it's about fasting. But, you know, uh, once the sun goes down, you guys are, so, like, are organizing iftar, you know, where you guys, all the family meets together and they eat and so, sort of celebrate, cherish the food that they're eating. Yeah. For, for us, Christmas, it's about meeting, you know, meeting with the whole family and uh, having dinner together or lunch, you know, uh, on Christmas Day. So all of these things are centered around food. Although this episode will be published two weeks after Eid, I know it's very late, but Eid Mubarak to all the Muslims out there. Um, I hope you had a wonderful one. But aside from all the joy food gives us, unfortunately, not everyone has the privilege to consume all these, you know, delicious meals and and be well fed, unfortunately. Yeah, that that's true. I mean... You know, this is the classic example, but just look at the continent of Africa, let's be honest now. Yeah, like recently, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have been bombarded with the Share the Meal advertisement. Obviously, this is not sponsored by Share the oh, Meal. Yeah. I, yeah, you've seen it, right? I've actually, like, Ali, I don't want to say because it's not because I'm bragging, but I did donate through the app. That's very good. The, the thing is that, I think I saw that at so many times and I was like, you know what? Yeah, let me donate now. And, you know, I I did donate, but like, don't imagine that I donated a lot of meals. I think I a couple of meals, basically. It's all right. At least at least um... it's, a, it's a cool initiative, in my opinion, you know, to to make creating yeah. such an easy task now instead of, you know, going through different methods and different organizations. You just open the app and you know, link your bank account and everything goes smoothly. So I tried it and it's pretty intuitive as well. I recommend people to do it, honestly. Yes, this is what I was willing to say, actually. It feels like you're reading my mind. Not sponsored by... The... <laughs> yeah, obviously, we're not sponsored by Share the Meal. But um, yeah, there are platforms like Share the Meal where you can donate to people in need. Some people, like, this is literally the answer to those who are like but i can't see poor people out there it's not like i can you know export food to africa to south madagascar because recently they've been experiencing droughts like a lot i'm pretty sure you've seen the latest ad it's like this mother she's lost her voice just calling for help but through platforms like share the meal we can easily help those people or at least you know help in a way it may not be as easy obviously like 
exporting all the food and looking for the families that are in need for the company itself. But at least, you know, we're doing something like that. And that's something I hugely support, like the idea of having organizations that donate food. Because if we don't donate that food, where will it end up? Mm -hmm. And also, it's about, you have to consider that it's fairly, it's extremely affordable to donate through the app. Like, I think one meal is either 50 cents or one dollar. It's, it's 80 cents, yeah. It's around one dollar. So, you know, you are spending $10, $20 on your daily food expenses. So I'm sure that, you know, I'm talking about our viewers. So I'm sure that maybe you could like afford donating 80 cents to, to the app or to yeah. any charity that organizes such events and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the thing is like 80 cents is about 1000 Iraqi dinars, right Fatima? Yeah, it is. And even though it doesn't seem a lot to us, it means a lot to the poor people who can't really afford food. Like years ago, a frequent refrain when children didn't finish the food on their plate was like telling them, think of if all the starving children in the world. And since then, we have evolved from a culture where no food was wasted to a society where wasting food is not given a second thought. And this has produced so much food waste that could have benefited people who would die for a single, like, crumb of bread. Exactly. And I want Fatima to think about this. Like, we started wasting food now because it's cheaper to buy new food products instead of, you know, conserving or keeping the, uh, the products that we are not using. In the sense that it's easier for us to replace it with new products that will sell more than with the products that it's actually, it's still good, but it's not as appealing to the customer in the store. I'm pretty sure when we visit supermarkets nowadays, it wasn't like how it was before. There are a lot of options and the options aren't that expensive, to be honest. I mean, this is coming from a person from the middle class family. It, it may differ depending on the social classes, but still, it's not as expensive as it's supposed to be or as it was before. So I guess, you know, that ideology where, oh, I can like buy this and buy that. I'm pretty sure I'll have enough money to buy all of that food. And then they keep it in their refrigerators. And by the way, uh, refrigerators from the 1970s up until now have significantly increased their size. Let's be honest. We don't like to see empty refrigerators. We're like in a way programmed to believe that empty refrigerators, you automatically assume that you don't have enough food, even though let's say you may fill it with like bread that can fill you for at least three days with a carton of eggs with like, let's say, um, fruits and vegetables from the um, grocery stores or the farm markets. You know, I'm talking about vegetables now, guys I, and girls, you know, Fatima Ali, I, I want to ask you, how much do you think of the like global vegetables and fruits being you know, collect and then produce globally. How much do you think that out of this quantity is wasted each year? It's a lot. <laughs> we don't really need to know the numbers. Half of all fruit and vegetables are wasted, are like literally not used and thrown away each year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually have some statistics over here. Um, apparently, if like if you collect all the food waste from all the nations, it will become the third largest country for emitting greenhouse gases. That's 8%. 8%, yeah, 8% is a lot. I mean, 
it's not really a lot in other scenarios, but in this case, it's a lot. And it's becoming serious. A lot of people, like because of climate change, they can't really live anymore. We have explained the effects of climate change, the problems regarding climate change, and the solutions briefly in our second episode where Ahmed, I, and I host it. So if you're interested in that, make sure you check it out. Also, wasted food isn't just a social or humanitarian concern. That's a thing. It's affecting the environment as well. When we waste food, we also waste all the energy and water it takes to grow, harvest, transport, and package it. And if all... Exactly. And if all that food goes to the landfill and rots, then it produces methane, which is a greenhouse gas, which is even more potent and dangerous than carbon dioxide. All of this food waste isn't just affecting us, but it's also affecting our Earth and where we live. And I, I guess, you know, it's kind of funny in a way because one argument that vegans always come up with is that, you know, cows pollute a lot and they do. But, you know, if we were to be only vegetarians, we would pollute as well by not consuming all the vegetables and that are produced. Yeah, it's kind of ironic. It is how like Earth gives us all the like all the food and vegetables and then we like we take advantage of it but at the same time we could harm it you know we find a way to pollute and like every time we have a you know resource we find a way to pollute with that resource as well yeah it's i mean it's interesting i wouldn't necessarily call it interesting cuz it's life threatening it, it's lethal mina it is life threatening but it's still interesting to see how you know everything sort of has a double edged sword yeah it. i mean Obviously, it's life. But um, yeah, I actually completely agree with you. Like, yes, it can help if you reduce the consumption of meat. As I said in the second episode, I feel like this is just going to be like a reflection on the second episode. But um, yeah, it will help if you consume less meat. But you have to consider don't buy a lot of meat in the first place, or don't buy a lot of fruits and vegetables that you will not consume. Personally, what I would suggest, especially for our community, the Kurdish community, um, I know it may be hard because nowadays, the Kurdish diet or the Middle Eastern diet at this point, it's like filled with meat. You know, when you think of rice, there has to be meat associated with it, any type of meat, most preferably lamb here. But um, like, I, I think you know what I'm referring to, Fatima. Like, yeah, I do. But I've actually been a vegetarian for over a week now, and it's amazing. Really? Yeah, because I, the thing is, like, my diet before, like, before I started becoming a vegetarian wasn't based on me. The only thing I would eat was chicken. So it wasn't that, like, hard. It was basically everything that I ate then except chicken. And don't you miss chicken? <laughs> I do, but like, I'm not dying to eat it, you know? Like, I'm fine without it. I mean, I don't know, but I sometimes have random cravings, you know, for kebab or for. Yeah, you know, no, any that's type of the meat, thing. So... I never, like, I did eat meat back then, but it was really rare. Like, I barely ate meat. So it wasn't really that hard to, like, change the vegetarian. You mean, like, beef specifically, beef, not yeah, like yeah, fish beef. and stuff? No, I don't, I wouldn't eat fish either. But like specifically beef, like kebab and meat and all that. I mean, Mehna, you lived in Erbil for a while. That's why you you randomly crave meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Ali. But like, you know, I also want to say that in a way, 
I'm not saying that going all vegetarian, like all vegan and stuff is bad or that I don't, don't agree with the people that are doing this. It's just that I'm of the opinion that meat should also be part of our diet, not in like extreme amounts, but, you know, maybe having like, I don't know, a piece of meat, of meat next to some vegetables, and I don't think it's a bad thing. No, it definitely isn't. And at the end of the day, you do need protein. And if you don't get that protein from meat or chicken or beef, you need to like substitute it by something. Yeah. Some people just prefer not to eat meat. I mean, like, obviously, we're not going to force people to become vegetarian or vegan. It's just your choice. If you don't want to consume meat, it's completely your life. We have nothing to do with it. But personally, I suggest you consume meat, but not as much as you do now. Because I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of people, like, consume more meat than they're supposed to. Like, yes, protein is necessary, all the vitamins and stuff. Like, by meat, I mean beef, chicken, you know, all of it. Um, yes, meat, the meat provides you with that. But uh, in a way, we're manipulated to consume more, thinking that if we consume more of the fish or more of, like, beef and chicken, we'll be better health-wise. But that's not really the case. I mean, if you think about it, everything... If you do like too much of everything, it's bad. That that can be applied to any scenario. Yeah, that's why eating too much meat is bad. This is what I would like to advise to people. I don't suggest that you consume meat daily, for instance, because there are people that consume meat daily. Yeah, true. But the thing is, meat isn't the only thing that causes food waste. Even though families do buy a lot of meat and most of it could be from it, the, like it also comes from vegetables and fruits. Have you seen when people go to like stores, like grocery stores, and they demand like a perfectly shaped grub so that like no, I don't know how to explain it, but like if, if it looks kind of rotten or it has like a black spot or something, they don't want it. Even though it's edible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah even though it's edible. I think... Like, customers should be educated about that because it wastes so much to the point where some grocery stores actually, like, they put discounts on, like, the ugly fruits and vegetables to attempt to reduce waste. Okay, it's gotten to that point. That's one of the topics that I really wanted to, you know, mention and uh, talk about in this podcast before we started. Fatima, you're amazing. It's Thank you. <laughs> honestly, like... This happens to me as well. You, you don't even know how many times I've been reluctant to use maybe a lemon from my fridge because I was, is this rotten or is this still safe to consume? Or should I keep it? Should I not? Like, there are so many instances where I'll throw away fruits or vegetables because I was concerned that they might, you know, be rotten or not good anymore for consumption. So I think that education, food consumption education should actually be mandatory in schools, especially. Like as a part of health and fitness. Definitely. Look, the same way that, for example, in Romania, we have ads telling us to drink two liters of water every day. We have ads on uh, telling us how to categorize bad or good food, you know? No, the thing is, regarding that case, uh, you know, reduced items, unfortunately, it doesn't exist in the Kurdistan region yet. I would love for it to happen because I'm pretty sure if like people know that the kilo like a kilogram of tomatoes 
you know, a bag, you know what I'm talking about, uh, in grocery stores, if it's like reduced from 2000 Iraqi dinars to like, let's say 500 Iraqi dinars, because it's a bit softer, I'm pretty sure more people will buy it than the grocery store, like throwing it away and for it to become food waste, you know? Um, and let's say, like, yes, it could be a little softer, but people, they can make businesses out of it. Like they can make tomato paste, for instance, or ketchup or anything. Yeah, definitely. Or like... Um, yeah. Like misshapen carrots. You know how some people don't buy misshapen carrots? Yes. But you can like use them for, like, let's say soup. Exactly. You're going to cut it at the end and no one's like... You're not going to offer it to them on a platter and it's like <laughs> looking weird, you yeah. know? It's going to have the same taste. Like it's still edible. Nothing is wrong with it. It's the same thing. The shape doesn't matter. I mean, you can use it in coleslaw. You can use it in salads because you're just going to... Yeah, but unfortunately, not everyone has this ideology. Yeah. I mean, in... I think it's about education, like Fatima said. Yeah. It is, it is. It is, it definitely is. So now technically we know that reducing the price of like fruits, vegetables, meats, anything out there, that's fresh and it can easily be turned into food waste. They can reduce the price so that people can be encouraged to buy it. But let's say that doesn't really happen. It serves as an initiative. Yeah, that's like one thing. How about other solutions? What do you think are... Well, it can either be offered to like hungry people or to animals or if it's like inedible, then you can use it to like generate energy instead of sending it to a landfill, causing all the pollution and whatnot. You can use it as uh, how is it? Is uh, fertilizers? Not fertilizer. Like you know, compost. Yes, yes, compost. Yeah, yeah. I told you a couple of days ago. I forgot how to say kindergarten. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I know I know it's happening. But yeah, there are like many ways to reduce. Okay, there's no way to like completely end it. But there are ways to reduce waste. Which is better, which is better. You know, considering, of course, yeah. Considering the fact that it causes all these problems, it would be best if we reduce it. The thing is, let's assume we are still in the supermarket, okay? Because, like, you know, we're still related to that field and stuff. Uh, I think, as I mentioned earlier, like, we tend to buy things when they're cheaper. Do you think it's a good idea to make things a little more expensive? No. Why? Because then you will then in, indirectly or actually directly affect the, the families that don't have such a high budget to spend on fruits and vegetables. If we assume, let's say, there are community fridges and stuff. Community fridges, for those who don't know, it's like free food for those who need it. Let's say that exists. The reduced item thing exists. Let's say all the things that we've mentioned earlier, let's assume that they all exist. If we raise the food prices a little more, for things that we don't really need. Like, I'm pretty sure we don't need carbonated drinks every single day. But because it's cheap now, we drink it more, especially now in summer. Like, we drink sodas more. About disincentivizing food consumption. It's like the tax that you have on cigarettes, sort of. I think this is what you want to actually implement. But that, that will only work on, like, harmful or, mm, let's say, not-so-healthy items. Not necessarily for fruits and vegetables, because at the same time, you want to promote the consumption of healthy products, right? For the health. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I think, I think that like manufacturing process should reduce their product a little bit. Like, I'm pretty sure they make more than people can actually buy. 
So that's another problem regarding food waste. If the businesses manage to reduce the items they produce and only target, let's say, a specific nation, like if they know the population and they make the products based on the population, you know, like they can do some math and stuff regarding economics. It's not always the like the consumer. It's not always the producer's fault. Sometimes the consumers overbuy. Sometimes products and promotions encourage like people to buy food in bulk and it like they store it and then it eventually like rots and you know becomes old and spoiled and food waste happened. I mean as I mentioned earlier it's the it's the refrigerator thing you know we have a large refrigerator now and it's poor planning too. Yeah I mean uh, Fatima I want to tell you that what you were saying is that people also store food well it's sort of like a vicious cycle because people wouldn't store food if there wouldn't been if there wouldn't be promotions and promotions wouldn't exist if they wouldn't have an excess of stock. And they have an excess of stock because exactly. companies or like the producers produce too much, right? So uh, it's a vicious cycle. It's fueled by... So it's, it's not the producer's fault alone and it's not the consumer's alone either. It's kind of a mixture of both because there's so many factors into it. So basically what you're saying is that we can't blame anyone or anything regarding that case. Yeah. I mean, I kind of disagree. Like everyone should blame themselves regarding it. Like the let's say the the businesses, they should produce less so that people buy less and not throw away a lot more. People should blame themselves for overeating as well. Like they buy a lot more than they're supposed to consume. Um and of course that results in food waste buy smaller refrigerators instead of having these large refrigerators like every single year you see companies you know like there are refrigerators that have like four doors and the doors are like filled with shelves and inside there are like i don't know 20 shelves yeah but it could be a big family you know what if they have six children i mean okay that's a different case but for an ideal family of two children I don't think that's entirely necessary to have like a refrigerator that a restaurant is supposed to have. But if it's a large family, obviously it's good. So what you're saying is that maybe we could come up with a system where companies would ask sort of for a proof of family size. Or just get whatever refrigerator you want, but like plan properly, like get foods in like exact portions that you need and don't get like don't get like bulks all together don't overbuy and don't over prepare or get like so much food all at once and like leave it to be spoiled or like you can go daily to supermarkets and like you can buy what you're supposed to yeah yeah, yeah. That's a thing. you can plan just for one day and people just buy everything they think they would need in like in like in the following days and they might not even use it yeah this happens quite often i'm not gonna lie yeah, true especially here the thing is here because of the situation we're like what if something happens so they tend to buy like let's say more canned foods than they're supposed to or it depends on the situation from one country to another i mean one event which basically reinforced uncertainty in everyone was the covid and is the covid 19 pandemic also one more problem that's like really global i think is you know the date labels it causes so much confusion in two aspects. First of all, some countries don't know whether the first letter, like the first number, is the day, the day or the month. So it causes confusion, and they think it's the earlier expiry date, and they just throw out whatever is actually not expired. 
The second thing is that these date labels aren't actually federally regulated and they only serve like they serve as a manufacturer's suggestions for peak quality. It's only for the, like for the businesses to tell the customers that oh we like we think this is going to be its best by this date. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that by that date it's going to be inedible and you can't like eat it anymore. It doesn't even make sense if you think about like the produce is the product is perfect for use maybe on the 29th but on the 30th oh it's hazardous you should not eat it at all you know doesn't make sense yeah yeah it's like oh a few hours are just gonna you know spoil it and also there are some items fatima like spices how on earth can spices expire or tissue exactly like, why do they exactly. put expiry dates on tissue i don't get that either like people just assume it's gonna get expired and they just directly like throw it away yeah but at the end of the day it's not exactly it's not the date where you can't use it anymore. It's just the date where the business recommends you use it by. If it's like dairy, then I, I don't suggest you keep it for another month because dairy could get expired really fast. Um, it was a lovely discussion. I'm glad that we talked about food waste. So let's quickly summarize our main uh, goals for this episode. The first thing is I believe that we should not buy a lot, a lot of food that we will not consume. So instead of buying all that food that you know you will not consume in a short amount of time, and obviously it will lead to food waste. Another thing I personally suggest is for some businesses, um, I believe that the businesses should reduce the price of items that are about to expire. Obviously, they will not sell rotten items to, its, to their customers. But um, yeah, it's just a suggestion that I believe will somehow reduce or at least alter the effects of food waste. Because again, as we mentioned, if there will be a lot of food waste like there is now, we will have a lot of potent greenhouse gases like methane out there, which can be lethal. And try your best to donate food to people who are in need. Thankfully, we are privileged that we are a well-fed community, but there are some communities out there who need the food that we are throwing out. I'm not advising you to give away rotten food to people, obviously, or always donate basically the food that you know that you can't consume in a short amount of time so that other people will have an advantage for it instead of throwing it to a landfill that will not be used for a beneficial purpose, like, you know, having a well-fed community. So there are also apps that can help you donate food, like share the meal. Which it did not sponsor us. I mean, we are open to sponsorships. We don't mind. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course we don't mind. But that'll be lovely too, you know, to have a sponsorship from an organization that's helping people out because that's our aim as Ali Library as well. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.